0: Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome you to our newest series of our podcast for Kiowa Island community. My name is Michael Heidingsfelder. I'm one of the councilmen for the town of Kiowa. And we are, as we promised, here today to give you a little bit more insight about other people than just town people who um, have been working very hard over the last decades to protect our environment and our wildlife. So we have here today two people from the Conservancy. Donna Wintem, she is the executive director of the Conservancy, and Roland Hoffman, who is the chair of the trustees. So thank you both for being here today thank you. and making yourself available for the community. We are in the beautiful Night Heron Park. What a better location we could think of for talking about environment and nature and wildlife. But before we do so, maybe we start on a little you know lighter note. Um, I know many people in the community know you, of course, um, certainly by name and by by function, but I think maybe not everybody knows a little bit about you as as a person. So Donna, maybe you start. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you ended up here, and how you could become so passionate about environment.
1: Well, first, Michael, thank you so much for hosting this podcast and really opening up opportunities for community organizations such as ours to be part of this. We really appreciate it. And I came to Kiowa, like many people, for the first time and was overwhelmed with the beauty. Um, it was on September the 3rd, Labor Day. Uh, I had an interview. I was running a statewide organization. I had small children and had really decided I'd be a stay-at-home mom. And I had a friend who was doing um, a search for the executive director. Say, just go talk with them, you know, and see if you like it. And I thought I'd stay a couple years and get them kind of started because it was the beginning stages of the Conservancy. And now, 24 years later, I'm still here. And I just feel like the Conservancy has contributed, been a part of something meaningful for the island and for the community and for the state of South Carolina. So it's been a real pleasure.
0: I mean, Donna, every time I meet you, you are such an inspiration. (laughs) You are you are talking about these things like nobody else can. Oh, well, why wow. is that? Why did that all come so close to you?
1: Well, I had no background in environmental. I mean, my background is in public affairs and government and communications. And so, this was something totally new to me. So, I had the first five years of really in-depth learning at the heels of so many volunteers that were passionate about the environment. So. I really had a learning lesson and a learning curve. And I think that's why it was exciting to me, was that I was still, I'm a lifelong learner. And so this was a great opportunity for me to become passionate about.
0: Wonderful. Roland, as I said, a lot of people know your name, Mm -hmm. but don't know really what you do for the Conservancy. I mean, you are chair of the trustees, which is a very important role. Um, I think also that works very closely with Donna on strategy and forward-looking actions. So how did you come up? to this. So how, oh, how did you become so passionate? I,
2: I, I came here like a, a lot of people. Um, I was a forensic CPA. And after Hugo, um, there was a lot of work in Charleston. And I had grown up in Augusta, Georgia. I knew Charleston a little bit. Uh, not that much. But anyway, I was doing a lot of work down here. And one of the guys I was with um, had a golf outing planned here at Kiowa and invited me along. Obviously, the golf just won me over. But at the same time, my wife back in Charlotte um, was in a uh, babysitting group where mothers would trade off and babysit each other's kids. And uh, someone one day put a flyer in the mailbox about renting a villa at Kiwa Island. One of the other ladies did it, said, you got to go. Uh, Mary did it. And at that point, I just said, I want to live here took me a while, but I convinced her and then we finally retired here. So
0: what Kiowa has
2: is what drew me here.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the what always fascinates me is that the stories are always the same, right? I mean, this is, I, I could tell exactly the same story, but then you could also have just enjoy it, play golf and do your things. Why did you get yourself into this conservancy business?
2: Well, I I grew up in outside of Augusta, Georgia, the rural setting, the typical dead-end dirt road. But every morning we got up and we were outside. We, you know, hunted, fished, played in the woods, whatever we wanted to do. Uh, So I was always outside and doing something. And when I came here, um, it it was just, you know, it was 30-something years ago, so it was a lot different. You know, we could could still take tours and ride each at that point. Yeah. Uh, So it was just a fun playground is what it was and and i enjoyed it my kids um from the time we first started coming down here rented uh, a villa and then we bought a house but i never once worried of them getting on their bike coming up here night here and to play basketball it was just a place you can do that yeah and and not worry. it's like everything's here now and i wanted it to be that not only for me but for them too and they now bring their children back so it was one of those things that just, it, it, it evolved. I met people with the Conservancy and played golf with them. Uh, then I met Donna, and uh, so I, so
0: I- You can be very persuasive.
2: And, and really, when I started out, I got into it because I had an accounting background, and they were talking about they needed a treasure. So that's how I got into it. Yeah. And then I've just stayed.
0: Okay. And ever yeah. since? Ever since, that's right. So- I don't know if a lot of people know that the conservancy is more than 25 years old. I believe from now six, 26, 26 years, if I remember correctly. And I still remember when I came, you know, more often to the island, and and my wife was very passionate about it, and I was reading more. It's amazing how many areas you get really involved in, right? Maybe you tell us a little bit. So, what are the main building blocks of what of what the the conservancy looks? or works hard to provide the community with, with everything you do?
2: Well, I'll start. And, and from my standpoint, there is a great conservancy staff. Um, we have people in, in all types of, of work. Um, you know, I call him our scientist, but Lee Bundrick yeah. <laughs> is in charge of uh, you know, the environment and the ecological health studies that he's, he's been very successful in getting grants. Do uh, water study, groundwater studies, uh, native plant studies, things like that. We have land management and goes out and uh, colleague tries to um, find properties for us to, you know, either have donated or purchase or a little bit of both and things like that. So it's easy for me from that standpoint because I did not come up with that. I mean, I was an accountant, but. We're involved in in animal habitat uh land preservation you know we're a certified land trust uh in the united states so um that that's what we're involved in our new um twenty thirty uh program uh sets new goals for us that we are a lot into and we can talk about that yeah. and what we plan on doing or want to do. So, uh, you know, everything we do is, is science-based and uh, is about the environment itself.
1: And, and at the end of the day, we are a land trust. Uh, our, everything that we do from a science and research standpoint is for habitat preservation. That's how we are accredited as a nonprofit. And at our heart of our mission is to protect wildlife habitat. And we do that on the island, and as Roland alluded to, we're now moving off the island because that's part of, Kiowa does not stop at the river. You know, we drive through John's Island, and that watershed affects us, and as we now have developed a history here on the island, we're now able to carry that history and experience off the island.
0: So I think different to other conservancies um, in this state and elsewhere, I mean, they, they really focus a lot on the land mm-hmm. portion. Why did the Kiowa Conservancy, you know, focus so much of your staff, your attention, and, and the money you spend on behalf of all of us on the science? Side? Because that's quite unusual.
1: It is unusual. And it sets us apart in the Land Trust Alliance field, Um We are one of almost 2,000 land trusts in the United States. We are one of even a smaller group, about 500, that are accredited and accredited for a second time. So that's very significant. But the science, everything we do in science, leads us to the best habitats to provide because we don't have endless amounts of money. Our money is, is very protected and put to use to preserve land. And so every science project we work on, every endeavor that we work with, with the town, with the community, is all directed at us. What habitat can we work to preserve to make this island even better?
0: I mean, this is really something I, I would like to encourage the community to really go to the Conservancy website. It's an absolutely amazing how much information you provide. And um, when I did through go through a few things on my property that i wanted to change you know towards green so to speak you know i found everything i wanted i found every information about the right plants to use the right measures to to take to stop erosion um i started educating myself about permeable surfaces etc it is really incredible um what the conservancy provides now let's move on to another aspect um as a as a liaison for the town council to the conservancy, you know, I started to to come to your meetings more often. And and I'm always blown away by this by this incredible staff is one, but also by the community members that volunteer. And and you seem to have the ability to not only make them so passionate about it, but really stay and do this for years and years and years. So why do you think that is? Why why is this community willing to spend their time and even their money, you know, on this, on this purpose.
2: Yeah, I, I think it, it boils down to what, what they experience when they get here. Like I did, you know, I knew immediately that was it. Um, and it's such an enjoyable place. Um, as far as, you know, staff, Donna's got a wonderful staff. Uh, and we don't have to make them passionate. Yeah. They, they're making us passionate. So that, that's, and I think the community picks up on that. Yeah. Uh, just this morning we had um, an executive committee meeting and someone brought up, you know, how do we get somebody else involved because they've come to them and said, I would like to get on one of the committees just to see what's going on and get in there. So it's not hard to go out to the community and get volunteers. Yes. And when you have a leader like Donna and the staff she has,
0: yeah. extremely easy. Yeah. So you're all based on donations, right? Everything you do, the whole, you know, setup of your staff, all your activities. So tell us a little bit about who are these donors?
1: Well, they're Kiowa property owners. We have not really done the whole uh, foundation uh, searches yet. We're beginning to uh, do that through family funds and through foundations that are now contacting us saying we hear about the work you're doing, we would like to support you. So we are beginning to write grants and requests for those funds. We have worked with the town and received funds for specific projects that we conduct that are beneficial to the entire community. Uh, They do not support any of our salaries. It is for product and um, information that will better the community through education, everything we do. So those are the ways that we have received money in the past. Now, because we are going beyond the gate, uh, we have the opportunity now to acquire money through Greenbelt funds and through the state conservation bank. Those funds cannot be used behind the gate, but any type of properties or projects that we want to work on um, off-island, we can do that now with those dollars, and so we're beginning to get those. Yeah.
0: So let us talk a little bit about this and Roland you, you mentioned already your 2030 strategy right evolve, yeah. and I think that's something the community really needs to understand because so far but please correct me if I'm wrong but so far you really focus on the that's island awesome. right but I think as as Donna said earlier you know we need to look at this holistically I mean this is we, you know our ecosystem doesn't end at the bridge yeah. right and and we are not influencing half of the Kiowa River. You know, the other half of the Kiowa River is also part of where we live and how we live and how we protect our wildlife. So tell us a little bit about 2030, the strategy. So why, why didn't you go out and and what are the boundaries and what are you trying to do so that, because I think this is still something where where the community is a little, um, need a little bit more background and information.
1: As far as background, let me just tell you, the year of 2020, when everyone was in covid We were on Zoom calls about three to four times a week for four to five hours a day, working on our strategic plan, working on what we needed to do. So it was a really robust effort by our board and staff to build our 2030 vision. And as you said, the watershed just kept coming up. The watershed is going to affect, and as we now know through our marsh management studies, and work. The water is what's going to make a difference to this island, and so we started looking at development after 2020. As we all know, development down Betsy Karrison to the um, traffic light just really started to boom, and we
0: and f- also you know towards the east. Absolutely, I mean, we look at the Kiowa River, etc.
1: Absolutely, say. so moving from the traffic light back toward the island, which we all travel every day just about, um, we felt like there needed to be some protection because habitat needs, still needs a place. And if you go to the town's website and look at the bobcat tracking, you can easily see the bobcats that we so love on this island are over there as well, and they need habitat. And so we started looking into how we could make a difference. And and so that led us to looking at properties and start beginning to investigate what we could work on and work with greenbelt funds, with state funds. And so those are all things that we will continue to
0: okay. do. And and because you brought up the traffic light, which is the the basically the intersection between, you know, Katsy Barrison into Bohickett and where River Road comes in. Is that a little bit kind of the boundary that you see, or is more like here where River the boundary? I mean, where do you see your focus? Oh,
1: that is the boundary. That's as far as we feel like as a small staff, that we can manage. There's many properties. And what we need to remember is some of those properties were bought and given rights by the county years ago. They were already slated for development. But now, as the island has become more populated and full-time residents have increased, the need or the desire or the want by these developers is to go ahead and start building. And so it's an opportunity for us before they're built to say, would you be willing to sell? Can we work a bargain sale with you? Would you, you know, all the tools in our toolbox we're trying to use to see that as much land as possible is preserved.
0: Yeah. And my understanding also this move, this important move, a little further than the bridge, so to speak, also opens you up to new Funding.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: And and I think that's also important for us to understand that we can actually do more now um, than with just the nominations that are coming in from the residents and I assume also from the resort and from, from other for-profit organizations. All right, so let's talk a little bit about a more controversial topic, right? So I, I, I received a lot of questions from community members in the last couple of months. Um, why the conservancy in certain cases is not you know, more decisive and and more clear in the boundaries, right? So mingle point comes to to uh, uh, to the plate here. So this is a situation where we have an old dog, it needs to be replaced. Um, question came up, is it just being replaced? Is this moved? Is the dog moved out further into the river? I think a lot of community members will, will uh, remember this discussion back in February, March, I believe. Conservancy did a lot of informational campaigning about, you know, making sure everybody understands what's the right thing to do, what is not the right thing to do. But community member felt like, but then why are they not telling us how far out in the river it should go? Um, That was something that a lot of people, and me included, you know, were not clear why. So maybe both help us a little bit in better understanding where are you borderline.
2: We can. And um, that started when the proposal was put forward, and um, we met with the conservancy staff, and we instructed them to talk with all the interested parties, do the science, do the research, and come up with everything that would be affected by that decision, whether it was the marsh, the river, boat traffic, whatever, and do it based on facts. That's all we had. And then we would turn that over and we made a presentation at the meeting to the board, zoning board. Zoning board, yeah. And uh, said, here, here are the facts. And, and we studied them, and this is what will happen, this is what won't happen, and, and things like that. And it was then up to the board to make that decision. We, even though our goals say we're advocates, but we're advocates for the animals and the habitat and the land. And that's what we're doing. It's up to somebody else that has the power to make that decision because developers have the right to yeah. develop things. Yeah. We're just trying to work with them to get the best we can for the animals, the habitat, the environment, and us.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, when we were asked to do this, we wanted to, I instructed the staff, this has got to be fact-based. And I don't want to take anything that is not truthful, take emotion and personality out of it and really focus on the facts and that's what they did and as you as they said in the, in many of the meetings that we attended we'd rather for there never to be a disruption on the the river but that's going to happen they have the right to do this and, and in this case it was very helpful it was a safety issue it was going to be helpful to the environment so we said yes A change needs to be made for the environment. Now, how far we we looked at OCRM, we worked with all the powers that be, we don't make those decisions. We said what the the, um, opportunities were there for the BZA to make the right decision. In this case, they decided to stay with where the town line was. And the only fallback or, or negative to that is now the town, not the town, but the community, the resort is going to have to go in another five years or so as the river shifts, go back and do this again, possibly. Um, we hate that because any disruption to the environment's not good, but at least it got it off of the plough mud and um, the marsh area. Yeah.
0: And and stop the destroying, uh, destroying the marsh, right? And, and nobody knows how, how nature reacts, maybe in five years. The shift of the river goes uh, uh, east. Oh, well. yeah. So we we don't know.
1: Um, you have to deal with the facts that you're given at the time yeah. to make the best decision possible.
0: Right. And then it's really up to the town in this particular case to right. make these decisions right. Right, based on, on facts and, and our ordinances. Wonderful. So thank you for giving us all these insights um, into the work of this so important organization here on the island. And uh, I think we can really be blessed as a community mm-hmm. to have not only the two of you, but I mean the whole team of people and, and volunteers that work. I think it's a wonderful thing. So before we close, any final comments you want to make?
1: Well, I just want to encourage anyone watching, if they want to get involved with the Conservancy, please do so. Give us a call. Volunteer your time. If not to us, volunteer your time to our community. Anytime we work together and we sit down at a table and we solve problems together, we're so much better. We're a better community. We're we're a better organization when people are involved and having a civil discussion with one another and speaking openly and kindly and it's just it makes a better place.
2: Um, I I go back to my opening comment about why I got involved and I wanted myself, my children to do it. They're bringing their children back. Uh, for the second year, our granddaughter will come spend some summertime with us. Last year, she <laughs> went on turtle patrol with us, and she wants to do it again this year. So we're bringing that back in. But um, I, I've experienced, and I think we've all experienced it, when we come down the road and we cross the Kiowa River Bridge, things kind of lighten up, you know. And just, I just tell people, when you cross that bridge, leave the big bad world behind you, come here and enjoy our play. Yeah,
0: I cannot agree more. Thank you. Thank you very much for thank the you. both of you to, uh, to be here with me today. Thank I you. think that was uh, a wonderful conversation we had for the community. So everybody back home, thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope you found everything we talked about, you know, not only informative, but also encouraging to be part of this community. Um, Last to say, we have more of these wonderful podcasts coming down the road in the next couple of weeks. We have a really interesting lineup all the way to July of people that are not only related to the town or Kika, but also really related to our community. So stay tuned, you know, read the e-newsletter of, um, of the, uh, the town of Kiowa Island, and you will be informed in time and will not miss any of those uh, podcasts in the future. So thanks again for tuning in. And see you next time. Thank you.